You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? afternoon my lovely listeners how is everyone today um i am good um so cecilia is just on her way and she will definitely be here because she's got quite a few things to review i'm not 100 percent sure what she's decided on today uh because she does have so many things i know she will be talking about a quiet place too i believe that's out at the moment so or as of today so, but she's also seen um, Death of a Ladies Man, I Blame Society, um, and The Godmother, so is also out today. Uh, but Lewis reviewed that a few weeks ago. It was part of the French Film Festival. So, it is officially out now. So, I myself uh, last night watched a film called Mina Marta, Mina Marta uh, with Johnny Depp and Bill Nye. I also watched uh, a couple of kids' films, uh, Yesterday, which is on Netflix at the moment, and Raya and the Last Dragon, which is, of course, out in the cinemas currently and will be on available to all shortly in the next couple of weeks on Disney+. Plus. It was part of the premium um like you could pay to to watch it immediately, uh, but it will be open to all in the next couple of weeks. And if you have just tuned in and have no idea what you're listening to, this is Unscripted, the film show with Rachel, Cecilia and Lewis. Currently, I am on my own, but that's okay. Lewis is feeling quite under the weather, so we gave him the, the night off so he didn't infect anyone here. And Cecilia is just on her way from work, so we shall get started. I was actually just on um, on Instagram. Uh, I was literally just about to post some 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 giveaways that we've been sent. So I will talk about them as well. And I followed Jack Black on, on Instagram and he's just posted or recently posted that um, the gentleman or the young man who played Freddie in School of Rock um, has passed away. I've, I've got no further details on that and how it's happened. Um, so I was going to try and have a look into that before before I came on air, but I didn't quite have time because I literally just opened Instagram and saw it. So very, very sad news because he'd be pretty young. Um, so, yeah, very sad. Cecilia has joined us and I'm hoping I've turned on the right mic. Hello. I haven't. Yes. Said your hand. Hello. There we go. Yay. Bingo bango. Woo-hoo. You'll just have to uh, squeak it into position. Uh, ooh, ooh. Or, or take it off the hook entirely. I, I feel know. like a singer. Like, uh, yeah, or Oprah Winfrey or just like, you know, I don't know if she walked around without a, holding oh, a mic. Surely at some point in her career. You, you can like pretend you're Ricky Lake and walk oh through gosh. the audience and ask their opinion. So how do you feel, yeah, feel about this? I love Ricky Lake. Oh. She's... um. She's just recently released a new film. I forget what it's called, but it is about the the pill because her previous film that she she co-produced with somebody was about um, I think it's called the business of giving birth. And I watched this while I was pregnant. Um, 
but it it was basically how Americans ha- uh, give birth and they go through how um, it, it's become very very hospitalised. There's mm-hmm. lots of C sections. America has um, one of the has the highest rate of infant mata- uh, mortality. Um, in the Western world. Wow. So they were looking into why that was and there's a lot less complications with um, – they were sh- showing that there were less complications with home births. Obviously that's not available to everybody and it's not safe for everybody mm. to do that, but they went through that process as well. So it was a really, really interesting look um, at, at birthing. Yeah. Um, and how, how – uh, yeah, there's just a lot of interventions these days. Um, I didn't feel that myself, even though I eventually had to have a C-section. Um, I, I think Australia, I, f- I feel personally that Australia works quite differently mm-hmm. in that regard um, to America. So I didn't, I took it with a grain of salt. Uh, but anyway, she's got a new film out, um, which I will try to look up the name of. And it is about the history of the pill and also... Um, what it does to your body. Uh, yeah, because I think so many people have different reactions or, you know, different things happen when they take the pill. So, um, yeah, it, it really it's mucks not a about... standardised thing, is it, for everybody? No, it's called Sweetening the Pill and it's a documentary by Abby Epstein who is her co-producer or director and, and herself, Ricky Lake. Um, so the original film that they did together, Abby actually... Um, got pregnant while they were making the film. Oh, wow. (laughs) And her whole plan was to have a home birth, but um, she started at home, but there were complications, so she she ended up having to go to hospital. Um, So that was another interesting turn in the the journey of the documentary, which often happens in documentaries. You kind of don't know what's going to happen with some of those fly-on-the-wall type situations. But, it's yeah, it's called Sweetening the Pill, and it does look at... um, a lot of issues like it getting pushed onto younger people who are not um, even looking into having sex or anything, but they're getting put on it because they're like, oh, I've got cramps and I've got this and I've got that. So they just get chucked on the pill and it's not necessarily great for their hormones. I do understand why it needs to be available um, and it is probably a um, something for people who have already had kids and mm-hmm. stuff to be a little bit more aware of your body. And I think as a young person, you're probably not as aware of your body. <laughs> so, um, it, yeah, I've not watched it. Uh, just listened to a, a podcast where she was interviewed. So I've recently just um, started listening to um, My Ambiolics podcast, which is called uh, Breakdown. So her and her co presenter I actually don't know their relationship I think they're just friends but they interview really interesting people about um you know mental health issues Mm -hmm. and they had Will Wheaton on and he was really um he was very very honest and he has been in the past about his struggles with anxiety and depression and how he's he's his childhood wasn't fantastic. He really got pushed in that, into acting. Mm. If you're not too sure who Will Wheaton is, he was he played himself on The Big Bang Theory. Previous to that, he was in on Star Trek, um, possibly New Generation, not 100% sure. But a lot of people from my era would know him as Gordy 
from Stand By Me who played the young writer whose father hated him. And when I was listening to this episode, he was talking a lot about how his father clearly just made a choice and didn't like him, had no issues with his brother and sister. I think he has a brother and sister. But, yeah, so he grew up, you know, having his father you know, hating him. So it made me think back to Stand By Me and how he had his own stuff to draw from for that movie. So really interesting. I've just gone on a rant here. Hey, that's the whole point. (laughs) I scripted the film show. (laughs) Yes. But anyway, I I listed a few movies um, that you were going to talk about tonight, but I'm not too sure what you wanted to talk about first or whether you want me to jump straight into a movie review because I certainly can do Oh, look, I am happy to go either way. I think for me, I've, I've really only got, I've got a couple of things to talk about, but the big one is probably A Quiet Place too that's a, quite a big release so yeah um, we'll definitely be covering off on that um, and then you've got a few uh, films that you got to see I seen you were at the Did. cinemas this week which seemed exciting well yes it was exciting um, so I went and saw Raya and the Last Dragon with Bryce I just oh. on a on a whim on yeah. on Monday I was like I just feel like seeing let's go to the movies oh, and we were we we're lucky enough that that was showing because there was only Tom and Jerry, which we'd seen already, and Peter Rabbit 2, um, and we haven't seen the original. I'm sure it doesn't matter, um, but I showed him both of the trailers and he decided on Raya and the Last Dragon, and I must say I was a bit excited that that was his choice because that would have been – that was <laughs> my choice also. <laughs> um, so this is the Disney film. It's been out in the cinemas for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It's been available on Disney Plus for a while for, for a purchase price um it is about to become free of charge on disney plus i think i want to say june the 4th but i'm not 100 percent sure it will be in the next few weeks mm-hmm. i believe though so um raya in the last dragon starts off so it's based in southeast asia and it kind of takes its um its story from like vietnam Laos, Indonesia, um, Malaysia, that sort of area. So they start off telling this story about how there was once were dragons, um, but the dragons, there were also these, um, these like dangerous monstery creatures called druids and they were kind of turning everyone to stone and the dragons... Um, got together and uh, this one particular dragon was given this this power to rid the druids and or druids and everyone came back to life. But unfortunately, it also meant all of the dragons died. Oh. So um, there, there's a myth that there's one last dragon out there somewhere and it hid at the end of the rivers. So that's the story. And the... Um, there's areas in this this large expanse of land, tail, heart, spine, fang, and I can't remember the last one for the life of me I've been trying to remember. Um, but anyway, there's five of them and they all are very, very separate um, and sort of fighting and whatnot. Uh, but the leader of, of heart decides that he's going to invite them for for a meal to try to broach um, some kind of a relationship with all of them so that they can come together as one like it used to be. Mm -hmm. Kumatra is what it was called. Um, But 
things don't quite go as planned, of course, as these things don't. And as a result, there's this... Um, so at heart, they're the protectors of like this... I don't know what you would call it. It's like a powerful orb that mm-hmm. holds the the power of the dragons. So they're the protectors of it. But what ends up happening is it breaks up and it like every... Um, part of the the area they take tail takes a piece and heart takes a piece and fang takes a piece and anyway so it's like that and Raya is the the daughter of of the head honcho um, Benja uh, in heart and she takes on the challenge of going to find these pieces because everyone starts to turn to stone again because this thing has broken and so she spends all these years looking for them and then it, it looks at her challenges and stuff like that and she also meets the last dragon, Ooh. Sisu. So Sisu is voiced by um, uh, Aqua, Aquavina, Aquafina. Oh, I can cool. never say her name yeah. and you know why? Because every time I hear it, I think of Aquafina, which is a bottle of water in America. It's a brand of bottle. That is true, isn't it? So every time I see her name, I struggle because I'm like, I'm not 100% sure how to say it. Aquafina. Aquafina. Anyway, she plays Sisu. She's wonderful and very entertaining. She's the comic relief in this film. And um, she does transform herself into human form with this amazing, um, luscious, uh, purpley pink hair. And you can see that the animators have really taken inspiration from Aquafina's actual face and her facial expressions. She's even got, I don't know if you've seen much of her work, but her lip is is um, not a frowny face, but the way she holds her lip sometimes, it's... It looks it's hard quite, to explain. And I do remember because she was in a film and I can't... The Farewell? The Farewell. Yeah. Where she kind of had to have that look about her the mm-hmm. whole time. So, yep. yeah, I do get that. And that's a very kind of generic look for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like um, it, it was pulling from her facial features and you could just see from the mouth. It was like looking at her mouth. It was really yep. incredible. It's a fantastic film. Um, it's still out at the cinemas if you want to go and support the cinemas. Uh, it's... It's wonderful to be in the cinemas. Um, so there's that. Or you can wait a few weeks and it'll be free on Disney Plus if you've got it. Um, otherwise, I highly recommend it and I shall give it um, four and a half cool swords. Very nice. It sounds like a really fun, colourful, vibrant film. It is. Um, and it's. Uh, I think um, Ray is only the second princess in a Disney film not to sing. So the oh, first cool. one um, was, or there's, maybe she's the third one, because there's uh, Marinda from Brave. She doesn't sing. And then there's a, another one that doesn't sing or maybe it's just the two of them. I can't remember, there but I was looking through trivia. So there's no singing and dancing and all this, that sort of stuff. I've never seen Mulan, um, but I wonder whether it has a similar I was just thinking. Feeling because, because there's no singing in that either, is there? Or is there? There is, there uh, is. But there's obviously that kind of um, Eastern kind of feel to it. But yeah. also there's that little, um, I can't remember its name, but it's like a little dragon. Yeah. Um, that is like a familiar of sorts. I can't think of any other Disney movies that like animated films that don't have singing in it. 
There must be some. There's that, gotta be some. And they're out just there. not coming into my brain right now. Oh, if Lewis was here, he would know because he, he would know. He hosts co-hosts show called Diz Down Under. So yeah. he would he would have to know. And if he didn't know, then I would be pretty darn unimpressed. I, I also would be unimpressed. I wonder if he's listening right now um, in his sick bed and just sick bed <laughs> trying to think of it himself. Oh. Or just not listening. He's, or he might be. He might be resting up or yes. watching a Disney film for all we know. Maybe. He might be. I think he's seen Raya in The Last Dragon. Possibly. He's he's pretty on to his Disney films. Yeah. But I, I admire that you went to see it in cinemas, despite the fact it will be available uh, on stream. I free. love the cinemas. No, and what a great that's way. That's why I do this job. What like I love great being way in there to see a film. Um, no, that's really cool. But um, should we turn to another monster film? Yes. But probably a little bit not for children. Probably a little, not. Not a little bit for children. That wasn't very grammatical, <laughs> was it? This one's not for children. But um, did you ever see A Quiet Place 1? I didn't. Even though everyone kept talking about how amazing it was, I just didn't. Look, I, I saw um, the, the bird one with the eyes. Oh, like, oh there's um, a horror bird box. Bird, bird box? box. God, it was terrible, wasn't it? It was terrible. Horrendous. Yeah, it, it's always hard. I think this is the kind of film you do need to see on a big screen yeah um, it relies so much on suspense there's actually another film called the silence which is on netflix okay uh, similar premise with um stanley you know i say stanley tucci i think it's stanley tucci but i always get him and mark strong um a little bit confused. i know they do look very similar to um, so there's another the film silence is it yeah called the silence it's actually not a bad film stanley tucci you are 100 uh, percent correct yes, oh and he, miranda otto yes so those guys are in that one. So, look, that one's not a bad film. But, look, A, a Quiet Place uh, 1, so back in 2018 was when it was released and we were introduced to the Abbott family. You had Lee played by John Krasinski who also directs both films uh, and wrote the second. Uh, his wife, uh, Emily Blunt, plays Evelyn and they've also, and, you know, real wife in, in life yes. as well. Um, and they've got children uh, as well, three children, including a daughter called Regan, who is uh, hearing impaired. So they're living in this world ravaged by monsters that can't see but have very impressive hearing and they kind of hunt by, by sound. So even the smallest sound trips them. And the Abbott family are really lucky. They can communicate by, by sign language because they've growing up that way, they've mm. lived that way, but unfortunately a lot of people can't. And at first when these monsters come, no one actually knows that it's sound that sets them off. So it takes people a while to get used to it. So mm. in the second film, it pretty much uh, takes place directly after the second, uh, first film. Uh, and this time the Abbott family decide to leave their family home uh, in search for civilization or I suppose a commune or somewhere where people are harboring together to mm. kind of live and, and rebuild. Uh, and we're also introduced to a new character in the film played by uh, Killian Murphy as well. So what the film does really, really well is suspense mm. because you've got an entire film where people have to be quiet and any noise is going to, you know, lure these monsters out. So in the first film, uh, Emily Blunt had to give birth mm. to a child, uh, completely silent or at least try to be silent. And in this film, she's got a very young baby. So yep. babies cry. 
and um, make noises that uh, unfortunately you can't just tell them to stop. So that proves to be oh my a god, that's so bit intense, intense, absolutely intense. So yeah, look, it's always really difficult sometimes to deliver such a you know good film to a to a first one because this did really well. Mm. Um, but I think you know Krasinski's done such a great job. I think he was very reluctant yep. about doing a second film. He's done it. It's a very it's 90 minutes. Yeah. It even feels shorter than that. Uh, and I don't know if it's because you're kind of... Intense, like in, yeah. tense the whole time. Tense the whole time and then all of a sudden you just get this relief and you go, oh, thank God, it's over. <laughs> um, but in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. And I think, you know, that's what a horror film is. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's supposed to be suspenseful, you know, knuckle-clenching, mm. nail-biting. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's perfect. So I really enjoyed the film. I'm going to score it four... Oh, four latches. Mm. Latches. Because latches come into this film big right. time. Yeah. yeah. But, um, it stresses me out when you watch like a war movie or like set in World War Two, where you've got Jewish people <gasps> hiding out somewhere and there's a baby and it just stresses me out so bad. I don't know if I could cope with that. It sounds too horrific to... I don't know if I could watch it, to be honest. Yeah, look, it is very much like... I mean, if you don't take your Fitbit because it'll be alerting you the entire time to say that you're probably a little bit stressed or your heart rate's increased because, yeah, I just – there were so many times I found myself going, oh, my God, or looking through my eyes going, yeah. what's going to happen? Because you've got children in this film. You've got really innocent people that you just don't want to – and these monsters are so swift. They just come straight in. As soon as the noise is heard, they're in. But I love that this family have found the most creative ways of staying silent. So natural sound is okay, so things like rain and farts um, and it, well yeah exactly so they're basically living down in their basement with this water constantly running ah, uh, and okay. they've got they've got to swim to get to certain parts and the baby's bed is you know um lurched up but there's all this water running so that it drowns out the sound and then there's a bit of oxygen you know use that for your imagination they use oxygen bottles to close sometimes the children in um, and use ah. oxygen when, yeah. So, yeah, look, it's it's quite creative. It does stop at a point where you could go, oh, there could possibly be a third here. Yeah. But I probably, oh, I don't know, I think two's enough for this film. Yeah. Or this franchise. Well, you can't really call it a franchise, but two's enough, I think. Mm. So hopefully they, they leave it at that. Wow. Well done. I blame society. Oh, uh, yes. I've seen the trailer. Bit. It looks Fantastic. loopy. So, yes, I blame society. Uh, it's a film that's out now. It's been out for about a week. So uh, you've still got plenty of opportunity to see it, though, um, mainly at your Luna Palace, your, your independent cinemas, so Luna Leaderville. Uh, but I Blame Society is a mockumentary in which writer-director Gillian Wallace-Horvett plays a aspiring filmmaker. Uh, now, she is a producer-director known for her shorts, uh, Kiss Kiss uh, Finger Bang uh, and Whiskey Fist. Both shorts I haven't actually seen, but I Interesting feel like titles. heard of. So, uh, in this film, she is continually denied uh, funding for a scripted feature. So, she decides to make her own low-budget documentary where she plots out the perfect murder. Uh, and this all kind of spurs from this comment a friend makes that she would make a really good serial killer. 
So that's just what you want to hear from your friends, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So um, I, I found myself quite engrossed in this film, wondering how far Gillian was going to take things. So she was quite a, a narcissist. Uh, there was a lot to unpack in the film. I think it's trying to make a statement, but it, it wasn't that obvious. Maybe mm. others might find it a little bit more obvious. I don't know if it was about the kind of aspiring female filmmaker whether it has anything to do with gender bias in in filmmaking that's what I felt like when I was watching the trailer Mm. like she's watching all these guys getting their films picked up and not hers so I felt like it was supposed to be a commentary on the fact that female voices are not getting heard and maybe and maybe it's like this is what I have to do for you to notice me (laughs) so I have to kill people you know I don't think it's for the masses unfortunately but if you think you know if you like satire and um you know filmmaking that comments on those kind of issues I suppose and you know particularly in the age of influences you'll you'll probably enjoy this I mean there's a really funny scene where she's you know broken into this house and you know she's planning out what she's going to do to this person and she leans in with a glass of wine and she's like I'm living my best life (laughs) um so you know yeah there's a there's a bit to it 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 does go far so if you it does get violent so I will just pref I should have prefaced with that that it will um she does do some stuff that is is quite violent so uh but you know some people like that kind of stuff so if you do I I'm sitting on the fence with this film I'm going to score it two and a half uh two and a half balaclavas (laughs) well you would you would need that if you were breaking into somebody's home not that I'm suggesting it (laughs) but you know most people who I don't want to say that either. Most people who break into people's homes would usually cover themselves with something. Yeah. Particularly. The, the yeah. last time I broke into something, I made sure I was wearing a bag of clava. Yeah, don't forget. And then I got really itchy on my face and I took, took it, it off. off. <laughs> and then I got identified. Ooh. That's not good. And that was the end of my career as a cat burglar. <laughs> Meow. Um. This that is again. not the first time we've done that. No, we, we, it's really not. Uh, not at all. It's a, a bit of an issue. Um, so I I watched a film which is, again, completely different to the last two that we've just talked about last night called Minamata. So this is a based on a true story, a shocking true story, which I had no information about at all. Um, it, it follows the journey of war photographer W. Eugene Smith, William Eugene Smith. <laughs> he goes by Gene. Um it's set in 1971. You you come about him. He's he's clearly an alcoholic, and on lots of other kind of um, stimulants. Mm-hmm. I think speed because uh, he says and uh, um, amphetamines, which mm-hmm. I think is speed. Yes, correct. Uh, yeah. Don't know what was available in the 70s. Quaaludes. Oh no, yeah, actually, Quaaludes true. something 70s. that make you. I think 70s was speed. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yep. You don't have anything to worry about with us because we don't know anything about drugs, clearly. No. no. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so it starts, he's he's kind of at the end of his career. Um, he's finishing up a bit of a, um, uh, a gallery viewing sort of thing or organising that basically of his life's work. He's kind of, he's done over it, broke and not wanting to do it anymore. And I can imagine why. And they do, um, they do show elements of possible post-traumatic stress disorder because he is having flashbacks to being in at the, in the war, like World War II um, and 
and he possibly went to Vietnam as well. I'm not too sure. Uh, but he he was a photographer during war times and for humanitarian um events and for social issues so he saw a lot of messy stuff Mm. and I think it's clearly played havoc with his brain he's got kids he doesn't see um he's doesn't seemingly has no friends no family and it's certainly he's not making himself um it's it's not likely that he's going to make any new friends because he's kind of gruff he's full on Mm. anyway so he used to take photos for the Time magazine and um, he gets some information that there is a story to cover in Japan which involves um, chemicals being dumped in a river uh, which supplies this town with basically all of their food. They don't have any anything much to eat so they're fishing for their food. That's all they can have. And unfortunately this mercury that's getting put into the water is causing hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people to get sick and to die and to have horrible, you know, deformities and to have children that have got deformities that they can't live with and then die. It's really traumatic and horrible. So he gets this information and he decides that this is a bit of a story and he wants to cover it. It's his last ditch effort, I guess, mm. to... um. To, to get a great story and he goes and sees his um, his uh, his old editor, I guess, um, played by Bill Nye. I can't remember his proper name and um, Gene is played by Johnny Depp. So he goes to see him and he talks to him about how Time magazine really is just um, a bit crap these days. It's mostly just advertising. You haven't done any... Um, you know, photo spreads or photo journalism stories for ages. This is it. Let's do it. And they're clearly either don't like each other but have great respect for each other. There's there's a history there, clearly. Um, but anyway, he goes off to Japan and starts covering this story and um, he's led by – he gets taken there by um, another journalist um, whose name is Eileen and she is Japanese. She's actually played by a Japanese-French actress because when she was talking in English, I'm like, I can't work out if she's a French person doing a Japanese accent or a Japanese person doing a French accent or whether she's Japanese who's lived in France. I couldn't work it out. And then I looked at it later and realised that 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 is why she sounded the way she did. Um, But anyway, she she introduces him to people in the town and he gets the backstory and he starts taking photos and starts seeing everything for himself. So and the protests and and in an effort to to bring this to light basically so that so that the people at this chemical plant will pay attention and start paying out people who have who've suffered greatly from it so it's you like it's a story we've all seen before yeah there's a lot of films out there like this but i just felt like it 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 came at it from a different perspective and also it's something I had no idea about and what they do do at the end of the film is they show that this is still going on, um, not just there but in so many places. There's a bunch of places in the USA that have had um, lead poisoning in the water, Flint, Michigan, um, a, a few other places um, and they went through a whole lot of other places um, around the world that have still got environmental damage happening that is um, going into the waters and making 
the children and the families sick. So it's not like, oh, it's the 70s, this doesn't go on anymore. It is still happening um, in a lot more places than, than we are certainly aware of. So it is important to keep the stories out there to remind people that this is still happening. So um, I really enjoyed this film. I thought Johnny Depp was fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah. Fantas- I haven't so, seen this yet, but I, I am going to watch it. And um, I guess lately I've been a little bit just like, oh, Johnny Depp. Johnny I Depp. know. But I'm, no, that's really good feedback to know. I'm, I'm a bit the same. I And the thing is there is um, – it's about 50-50 with, with subtitles mm-hmm. and sometimes um, I feel like – if I'm a bit tired, that it's a bit hard. And I watched this last night after my cortisol shot and I was tired mm. and I was gripped like the whole time. I um, it was I thought a very well-made film um, and, uh, yeah, some of the elements that they used during the filmmaking to show that he's clearly got some, some post-traumatic stress going on from his previous jobs because there's a lot of people talk about first responders having PS, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, not just people who have gone through war, but um, those first responders would be police officers, mm-hmm. paramedics and a lot of journalists mm. because a lot of journalists are going to these areas or, you know, arriving at scenes that are, you know, traumatic. Yeah, and they're asking the the tough questions mm-hmm. too, the really, um, you know, the, the questions that no one really wants to ask, mm-hmm. um, which can be quite savage at times too. Yeah. So. I, I couldn't do it. I did some stuff um, before I came onto the radio and, and some of it was, um, you know, being a producer and possibly making some of those phone calls to say, hey, are you interested in going... And I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I <Yeah>. just, no, <laughs> not for me. Um, but anyway, so I, I enjoyed this and I'm going to give it um, four red lights. Four red lights. So you've done some photography in your past, haven't I you? I have, yes. Have you done photography from film or just digital? Uh, mainly digital. So I'm old and <laughs> I I studied media uh, in 2001, long time ago now, um, and one of the things that we did was take photos and um, produ- like develop them ourselves. Mm-hmm. So in this film they show some of that process and I was just reminded of it and I was just like this is – cool. I used to, I remember doing that and it was so lovely and it doesn't happen anymore. I think the only thing I've ever used film for was um, actually developing x-rays. I've developed x-rays on film. Oh Um, many because of your job. Yeah, but this was years ago in the country where they didn't have all the advanced technology. Yeah. Um, But since they've updated. So yeah, I did that and there was, it's a very time consuming process, isn't it? Because you don't always get it right. No. So, um, but I would love to see – you always see it in movies, like uh-huh. people developing films and they've got these dark rooms and, you know, there's all these – it's usually horror films <laughs> where people have these creepy images up. But I think it, I think it is really a, a really part of the process. Mm-hmm. A lost art. Yeah, and I think you lose that with digital because – it's it's instant, you know. It's there. It's um, and so easily you can edit and Photoshop and make changes to things. Where I think if you develop something, it's quite a raw, authentic, mm. um, 
process. So I, I appreciate that process entirely. Yeah, and yeah. he used to talk about really being present mm-hmm. um, when you're there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a very, very well-known photojournalism uh, journalist and some of the photos that he took um, during the Minimata um, time, you know, they obviously were in Time magazine and, you know, just prolific, yeah. you know, stuff. So, but anyway. Sounds like a really, it's really interesting it story. It is really interesting. Parts of it are tough, but generally speaking, it's it's a very, very good film. Um, so we've got a few more things to talk about, but we're running out of time. Um, you've got a few movies. Uh, I've got one movies, which is a Netflix film. Um I saw a trailer yesterday. I saw two trailers yesterday, actually. I saw one called Last Night in Soho. I don't know if you watched this trailer. I am so excited for this <sighs> film. It's an Edgar Wright film. I'm a yep. huge fan of Edgar Wright and for him to delve into... And he's no stranger to um, parts of kind of thrillers and, and horrors, but primarily I would say, it, it, yeah, because I think... It's kind of comedy normally. Comedy normally, yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's he's delved into it. You've got things like Hot Fuzz. There's yeah. know, a bit of, you know, horror in those and yeah. you know, Shaun of the Dead. But um, I'm, I'm so excited and I can't wait and I'm just counting down the days till I can see this film. Yeah, it does look fantastic. I can't remember any of the... It's got one of the chick that was in um, oh, The Queen's... Anna Taylor-Joy or yes, is that wrong? something like that. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Not oh, up on it. I should probably... Um, yeah, Anna Taylor-Joy. Yeah, and there's another young girl whose name is Thomason. I forget her surname, but she played... Uh, she was in Jojo Rabbit. She played the the young oh, Jewish girl. Yes, of course. Um, so it's very hard to tell exactly what's going on in this trailer because there's no talking really. Um, there's um, Anna Taylor. What what's her name? Anna Taylor Joy. Thank you very <laughs> much. Um, there's her singing a version of Downtown um, in this kind of spooky kind of way over the top of it and um, she's from the 60s and then there's this is set in New York and there's another young person who goes and stays in this hotel and in her sleep there's something happening where she's connecting and then is she going back in time? We don't know. We're very excited. It looks fantastic. Um, The other trailer I watched was Eternals which has got um, a plethora of people in it. Angelina Jolie and um, Kamal Ninjani are the only two that I can think of right at the second off the top of my head. But that looks really interesting and it had – what I thought was interesting, right, is I watched both of these trailers one after the other. The first one I watched was Eternals – or sorry, the first one I watched was Last Night in Soho and it had the downtown song and then it was Eternals and they were using music over the top of that as well and the song was – I don't even know what they – it's called maybe The End of the World. Um, Don't they know it's the end of the world? It ended because you're no longer here. Anyway, um, I I don't know exactly the song but those two songs both feature in – Girl Interrupted oh. and the the particular song that they're using in Eternals, obviously you've got Anna Angelina Jolie and then they're using this End of the World song she was and in, unfortunately was she, she was yeah. and it's the only, I, I can't, I really struggle to listen to that song. Not that you hear it often but it always creeps me out because of 
how it was used in that film. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. I have very vague memories of the film. So mm. Brittany Murphy's character, she's put that song on repeat. Um, yeah. And then something happens. I think I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, and then they sing downtown in that very like um, languid way what in an that as well. Connection. I know. Like I do the, that um, with music. The game. What's that game? The something of Kevin Bacon. Where you six degrees of yeah, Kevin Bacon. Six degrees of Kevin. Bacon. I just like the two degrees of music and when was it featured in what movie. <laughs> I often know songs from movies. I've just discovered um, I was listening. I'm always listening to a podcast, aren't I? Um, but they were talking about um, Tupac Shakur and um, Biggie or Notorious B.I.G. They they both got murdered. And I'm like, I don't even know any of these um, Biggie, you know, Notorious B.I.G. songs. And then they mentioned one and I'm like, Hypnotise. Hmm. And I started listening to it. Uh, uh, and I'm like, oh, this has been in a million movies. Spider-Verse. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, it gets featured a lot. I often remember songs from movies. But anyway, speaking of movies, we have maybe five minutes. Do we want to cover off anything else? Well, I mean, there's so much to cover off, isn't there? I mean, there's there's films. I mean, I, I can briefly mention that there's two films we probably won't get to that are, that are out if people want to go see them. Yes. Um, one is The Godmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Lewis reviewed a few weeks ago as part of the French Film Festival, but it's getting an actual wide release. Uh, I think the title in French is actually Mama Weed. or Yeah. Yeah, and it's got Isabel um, Hubert in the film, who is fantastic. She plays this detective who uh, uncovers some a stash of weed uh, and then decides that she wants to get involved in, in selling that to, mm. to make some funds. Um, and then you've also got uh, A Death of a Ladies' Man, which stars Gabrielle Byrne uh, as this kind of womanising college professor whose second marriage fails and things kind of spiral out of control for him. He learns that he's, he might be dying and he wants to write this book that he's always wanted to write. And then the dead... Uh, he's, the ghost of his dead father appears and it's quite an interesting, bleak, kind of absurdist comedy. So mm. uh, those are both now showing at your independence too. So um, two great films. But, um, yeah. The last film I'll just briefly, briefly talk about is a Netflix film called Yes Day. Um, I'm frequently making choices for movies that I can watch with my child and – it popped up on Netflix and I was like, you know what, I'm quite interested in this film anyway, so I'm going to watch it. It's got um, Jennifer Garner and I can't remember the guy's name now, it's killing me. He's been in a few things uh, yesterday. Edgar Ramirez. Um, oh, yes. Yep. So they play a, a married couple with three children um, varying in age from probably 8 to 15, I think, and um, – they their kids really think that the mum is a bit of a hard ass. They, she's constantly saying no to everything, and they get this idea from the coach at the school during this P and C night, um, or P P and T. I'm not P and T. Yeah, I've not got to that bit yet. Parents and teachers. Night. They say P and C, but I've always been That's, like, what does the C stand I for? I think it's parents and carers. Oh, of course, because I'm always like parents and parents and teachers, but no, it's not P and mm. T. Because some places people. 
places, get my words out, call them, yeah, P&T, whereas others call them P&T. So I think P&T is parents and teachers. teachers. Anyway, anyway, they get this idea from the coach about a yes day. He's like, you give them a yes day. They, within reason, there's a few rules, obviously. Mm-hmm. They get anything they want. You've got to say yes to it all day long. And it kind of, um, it seems to work for his kids. Anyway, so she's like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. And the kids are like, you're not going to last the whole day. This is ridiculous. Anyway, they set out the rules um, and they're like, you're just going to say no. We just know. So one of the things is like they go through a car car wash and they have to have the windows down. Uh, another one was like I would describe it as like some kind of a colour war thing. You probably don't know what colour war is. Um, it's like the fun runs or colour runs where people throw colours and stuff at no. each other. So colour war in, in, in the States, if you ever went to a summer oh, camp. Oh, it's a state thing. You would yeah. know what it was. But it's basically an obstacle. It, it's like laser tag sort of but with balloons full of coloured water. Anyway, they do that. They, they do a few different things. They, they get into some trouble and maybe end up at the cop shop. But anyway, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it and it reminds me, I think Jennifer Garner's made a couple of choices recently where she can be in films that her kids can see because a few years ago she did a film called Alexander in the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Uh, not a film you should normally remember the title to. Well done. Well done. But it was really, really entertaining. And I watched this before I had a child. So, um, and again, this film is another really entertaining film. Um, Lovely to sit down and watch it with your family. I put it on while Chris was cooking dinner, assuming that he probably wouldn't watch it. And he got hooked and then had to sit down and watch the rest of it as well. So, um, (coughs) you know it's a winner. Yeah. Bryce loved it. I loved it. So if you've got Netflix, um, go for it. Um, Alan sent a message to say it is called The End of the World and he even told me the name of of um, of the people who sang it and now I can't find his message. Oh, I think I've got it. Um, oh, do you know, it's funny because it's on the Facebook for Unscripted and they, these messages <laughs> seem to dis... Ah, the End of the World by Skeeter Davis. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alan. Our um, part-time producer. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> anyway, we are going to get out of here um, now. So stay tuned if you are listening live. Uh, Quizzy is coming in. He's going to be digging in some crates for you and playing some awesome music. If you are listening to our podcast, please do rate it. Subscribe. Subscribe. That's the most important one. I remember now. Uh, we've <laughs> and then rate it and then review it if you can be bothered. Yeah, but um, in that order. Yeah, in that order. <laughs> That's right. We've also got Diz Down Under and Tangent City. A few other things going on. So check us out at gentlemenofpopculture.com for all of your um, podcasts needs for our you know for our group for our little network for our little network. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. We are out of time, well and truly. Bye bye. <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.